Guys, welcome back. We're debuting a new format here. Okay, we call it Last Night on the World Baseball Classic. It's very creative. A um, little bit inaccurate, though, because it is the last couple of nights. But, you know, listen, we've never been about precision. We've always been about getting the right vibe out there. So that's what we're going with for today. Um, let's talk about the, the big story, which is that uh, the Netherlands is too. I'm just kidding. The big story is Australia versus Korea, a matchup that, frankly, I think almost everybody in the world, except for you, was just not holding out any hope that Australia was going to do anything in this game. Except for, who was that, Tom? Let me, hold on. Except for... I hate Keith Hernandez. Hate him! Except for Keith Hernandez. How dare you? I'm trying Listen. to stunt on people right here. You're bringing Seinfeld into it. Flex on flex right now. May Give I flex? May I... I'm going for like Transformers, you know? Like, uh, yeah. So may I just really fast? What I said, you could call me, you know, Nostradamus. What happened was I had said, if Australia gets excellent starting pitching, if Korea has a bad night, and Australia can sneak out a couple of runs, they could win. And all the breaks go their way. They could win. And I was wrong on one aspect. They got a lot of – they got eight runs. I thought it was going to be like three to two, something like that, if they were going to win. Right. But everything else, their starting pitching, Jack O'Loughlin was in, in fantastic. And then Mitch Noonborn pitched two more innings, so they, they piggybacked him. And they got four innings of no-hit ball. Fantastic. Yeah. Korea. Yeah, I mean, there was uh, – was, was it Sheriff who came in and, you know – it was Daniel McGrath gave yeah, up. Um, okay, so but the first, the first, I, uh, the first four innings for Australia were rock solid, which gave mm -hmm. them you know kind of the base to say, all right, we can do this. So they they obviously got out to the two zero lead with Tim Kennelly's homer and and uh, I don't know Daryl George I think scored on a sack fly. And so here's what happened, right? They got the starting pitching, they got the breaks, they got a couple of calls that could have gone either way, right? Like that Tommy Edmund stolen base, that kind of thing. Korea. Mm -hmm. had night with that guy i don't remember his name getting picked off sec or not picked off getting tagged out at second base after his double oh uh, dude i i want to devote like a full conversation yeah, to that get, that's so bush league we can get like, into that in a second but like everything that could have gone wrong pretty much for korea went wrong everything that could have kind of gone right for australia other than them not being able to find the strike zone in the eighth inning kind of went right they mm -hmm. got some breaks and, man, their hitting showed up. Robin Glendinning was one of their best hitters go coming into the contest. He went yard. Tim Kennelly has been the greatest player in Australian Baseball League history. He went yard. And then, Tom, I I want to squash the beef. I want to squash yeah. the beef. Yeah, is it time to, time to bring this segment out of retirement? <laughs> David Nielsen is one of, if not my favorite baseball player of all time. And just to give a Whoa. quick story, David Nielsen. You're, you're going to do Jake Kalish like that? All right, MLB player. David Nielsen was a 10-year big league veteran. He was a catcher. He was an all-star with the Brewers. He was very, very good. And he was the third player in Australian history, arguably the best player in the history of the nation. Dave Nielsen stopped playing in MLB after 1999, after an all-star season. And I think he was like around the age of 30. Mm -hmm. And he still could play. He got contract offers, and he signed with Japan so that he could pit or play in the Olympics for the Australian national team. Obviously, that means a lot to them. And then after that, he won a silver medal with them in 2004, and then he put in millions of dollars of his own money to restart the ABL in 2010. 
remarkable. I love David Nielsen. Yeah. And he, this guy is the hero of Australian baseball in so is, many ways. <laughs> they have a lot of guys. Grant Balfour, Peter Moylan, Liam Hendricks have been excellent uh, big leaguers, and they were great ambassadors for the game. No one has done more for Australian baseball than David Nielsen. He's the manager of the national team. He obviously has the most pull of anyone in baseball Australia, and he should. David Nielsen's their guy. However, mm. I was a little upset. However. I didn't put this on the air, and I didn't tweet it out or anything, but – I was upset with David Nielsen. Obviously, he's making the decisions. I'm sure he has advisors, but the ultimate decision comes out of David Nielsen. And his starting lineup, he had Robbie Perkins penciled in to catch. Robbie Perkins had a 650 OPS in the Australian Baseball League last year. The Australian Baseball League, maybe low A quality, maybe high A, right? Yeah. Not, not a part- I mean, they're a fine league. I like watching the ABL, but not a particularly high-level league compared to, you know, KBO, NPB, MLB. Right. Robbie Perkins also 28, so it's not right, like, Perkins, you know, he doesn't have not like he's a prospect. Well, and here's the problem. If catching's just a problem, okay, fine. But they have a guy named Alex Hall who's 23. He struggled in the minor leagues, but he had an, an OPS over 1,000 in the ABL uh, this mm-hmm. past year. He was the MVP. That's your catcher, right? That's your catcher. And they've got some powerful bats uh, from the left-handed side, like Jordan McCardle, Jake Bowie, that I figured would be their DH, and Rickson Wingrove at first base. And so right. Sean, Sean Spradling, we keep mentioning him, he went to me and he said, hey, can you give me a projected lineup for Team Australia? I'm trying to, you know, do my graphic. And so the lineup I gave him had roughly the lineup they, that they put out there. I didn't have Logan Wade in at uh, shortstop, and I didn't have – I actually didn't have Tim Kennelly in the outfield. I didn't think they would start him. But right. I was wrong on that. I'm not an expert on Team Australia by any means. I just know more than I think the average American. But right. here's the thing. Robbie Perkins never crossed my mind. I figured he was the third catcher. He's probably a good locker room guy. He's a veteran. That's why he's on the team. And so I said, Alex Hall is going to catch. They're going to put probably McCardle or Bowie at DH, and that's the way to do it. And when I saw their lineup come, came out, and I went, they're starting Robbie Perkins. Can you believe this? This is this is ridiculous. And I was like, I love Dave Nielsen. Maybe the game's passed him by. And in fairness to me, Dave Nielsen did make some questionable decisions last night. He left in McGrath to face – Korea's like power hitting right-handed hitters that didn't work out. He mm. left a couple of their relievers like Stephen Kent and Will Sheriff when they just could not find the strike zone. Like like Dave Nielsen didn't manage a perfect game, but Dave Nielsen put in Robbie Perkins and Robbie Perkins hit a three-run moonshot. Yeah, yeah Robbie Perkins hit like Glenn Dinning's home run is like the most iconic moment in Australian baseball history. And I look I looked it up on uh on MLP.com, it had a plus 46% win probability. <laughs> Perkins was the backbreaker. That was the point where you're like, oh, no. Like, wow, it actually looks like Australia might win this. <laughs> they made it close. They made it close to the show. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Kent went out there, and he. I posted this on the Twitter account, um, the interesting strategy. Uh you know, the pitch selection was everything in the dirt a foot outside. I probably would not have done that if I were in his shoes, but who am I to judge? Um, Kent really didn't get it done, but, you know, they kind of tight roped through the eighth inning. And uh, frankly, Kent got a big strikeout to end the seventh. Yeah, true. Um, but to be fair, to be fair. Uh, we we should talk a lot about how Australia came to play. Some of what we have to talk about is that Korea kind of didn't. <laughs> Korea, okay. I want to I want to say this. I am not an expert on Korean baseball. I know obviously Lee. He's like their best player. Yeah, and I know 
Hot he's one of the, the one of the best players in the tournament. Right, from what I'm told. I'm not super yeah. familiar, but I know who he is. I remember Byung-ho Park from the Twins. I'm familiar with Ha-sung Kim, obviously. Tommy Edmund, Kwang Young Kim, right? The MLB guys. Yeah. I don't really know who anybody else is. So I was talking to Odell during this game. Mm-hmm. And he was, dude, he was livid. Oh, dude. It, his Twitter feed was radioactive. <laughs> and I'm taking Odell's word for it, right? Because I don't know anything about anything. But from what Odell was telling me was I was like, oh, you're, you know, you're questioning some of the bullpen. And he was like, no, 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 no. It's not that I'm like, oh, that was interesting. I would have gone with somebody else. It's everyone staring at their television going, how do you put that guy in? <laughs> and I'm just taking Odell's word for it. I don't know. Right. I'm wondering if it was like, they went in expecting this not to be a game where they had to, you know, go all out and then it turned into one and they just know. weren't ready for it. Maybe, maybe it's, see, it's interesting because I remember I was reading an article and it was about the Korean, you know, preparation for the world baseball classic. And the guy mm-hmm. basically wrote that they are fairly certain they're not going to beat Japan as is everyone else. So they went, right. okay, we don't have to beat Japan to move on. We just have to beat Australia, China, and the Czech Republic and China. And the yeah, Czech no, that's true. Right, China, and the Czech Republic you can do. So they were like, all right, we got to beat Australia. And then we kind of punched our ticket. So they went, we'll throw our best guy, Kwang and Kim against Australia. And, and basically what he was saying was the Korean managers of the impression that Australian pitchers struggle with sharp vertical movement. Right. And so. Okay. You like, mean uh, Australian ball. hitters, right? Australian hitters. Yeah. And so they were basically saying, you know, looping curve balls, like 12 to six, that kind of thing. Uh, splitters, sinkers that, you know, anything that breaks sharply downward is what Australian hitters struggle with. I don't know. I'm not a scout. I'm, I'm assuming that's correct. Yeah. That's, but, that's I mean, some real in the weeds stuff. That's right. hard to know unless you watch every game. Well, here's the thing. I was watching the game with that in mind and they were flailing at stuff in the dirt, man. Yeah, it was. And I was like, wow, this guy did his homework. He came to play. But one thing I noticed, they pitched a different guy. I I, I can't remember who who with the name. Uh, let me, it's this guy Ko. What's his yeah, name? The Korean names. I'm Young struck. Pyo Ko. Thank you. But I noticed Kwang Young Kim, by all accounts, is their best pitcher, and they're now pitching him against Japan in a must-win game. Why did they not throw him against Australia in really the only game he needed to win? Which I thought was interesting. It almost kind of strikes me as like. You ever see when somebody tries to get too fancy? And this happens in all kinds of things. Like, you're like, oh, well, maybe if I do this, maybe if I take a little risk here, you know, maybe I'll win three games instead of two. Maybe maybe we're looking at that first uh, first spot. Could be. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of like letting the, the, the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. It could be that. But, like, yeah. but also, like, you know, I mean, what what does Kim throw? Does he have this this pitch that evidently the Australians are not going to be able to hit? I don't know, man. I'm you know what it is. I don't know why I brought it up. I'm out of my I'm yeah. out of my here. But like, <laughs> like so one. I mean, like Glenn Denning got an absolute hanger. Yeah, and he you know did what you're supposed to do with it. He hit it like thirty rows into the stands. Um, I'm pretty sure Perkins got a hanger also. Yeah, I saw them swing through a couple of hangers. Like you know, these were not great pitches. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed the Korean relievers throwing a lot of just cement mixers up there. Yeah, and Australia just swinging through some of them. But yeah, I just want to say that game that was one of the greatest baseball games I've ever watched. And it wasn't because it was like technically flawless and I was like I there was a like a split second. There were three outs in the eighth inning where I was like, whoo. 
obviously I won Australia win, where I was like, all right, eight four, two innings left. I think they could do it. And then it yeah, was that was back into like edge of your seat. It was, dude, it was bananas. And the yeah, whole Stephen time, Kent went, no, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy, man. Like the entire time, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, and then Australia would like mm-hmm. get back on top, and I was like, "Oh, amazing!" It, oh, it was so well. Much. It felt like the other shoe dropped when Yang hit the three-run homer. It was like, okay, well, hey, it's been fun, you know. That was cool, you know. Australia, they're gonna make it a ball game. They're gonna make them work for it, and they held on to that lead. It was what four to three. Or I think it was four to two, right? Yeah. And yeah. then um, Glenn Dinning came up after they had the the one guy bunt. I don't remember who it was. And I remember you texted me, and I also tweeted this. Like we were like, dude, why are you bunting there? Like, yeah. And then Glenn Dinning hit an absolute nuke, and I proceeded to tweet, "This is why you don't bunt." <laughs> <laughs> right exactly because the exactly. bunt didn't mean anything no it didn't and, it didn't help them at all because if you remember yeah. they bunted to get runners on second and third with one out and it was Canelli, right it was Canelli, and alex hall struck out on a pitch in the dirt to make it two out yeah, that was a terrible bat if i remember terrible. right but uh like yeah i mean like you you said it, it wasn't like the most technically proficient game that the power hitting was on point in this game, and I love to see it. Uh, a lot of the other things, and a lot of this criticism is going to be directed at Korea because just expectations are higher for Korea. But and like they lost. I mean, but like you saw. I mean, this happened on Australia too. You saw two guys get picked off, just absolutely yeah. napping. Yeah. At both in big situations too. Like both teams needed those base runners at the time. And then you have, uh, who was it? The the dude who hit the the Pinion. double was that uh, was that Kang? I mean, like it, it, he hits a double, barely missed a home run. By the way, right, bomb. And he gets second base, like standing up, and then he starts celebrating, and he walks off the bag. <laughs> and Glenn Dinning just tagged him, and he was out. And I was like, dude, what? Did I... What? I, I could see if you slid in and you came off the bag, I get oh, yeah. it. That was a stand-up double, and he just walked off the bag because he just wasn't paying attention. And it's like, oh, dude, what are you doing? Inexcusable. And then and then the guy after him hits a single. And it's like, bam, that would have been a tie game. But because he just walked off the bag because he was you know in outer space, it's nothing. It was a bases-empty single. It's like... <laughs> That's the stuff that loses you winnable games. Yeah, it absolutely was. It absolutely was. And and that game, like that was another one of those. We're like, dude, they were playing with my heart the entire game. Yeah. Where it's, it's you know it's a one run ball game. That guy hits a double, and I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, they're gonna start mounting a comeback. And like the whole time, I was like, Korea is the better team. Yeah. At some point, you know, the clock's gonna strike midnight. Australia's gonna start to slip away, and then they're gonna score run one, one run, two runs, three runs, and it's gonna it's gonna fall apart. And that double, I was like, oh no, here we go. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're like this and is then, it. And then I yeah. saw Glenn Dinning like kind of cheekily put a tag on him, and I was like, oh clever, you know, maybe you got him. And the umpire single signal safe, and I was like, oh okay, whatever, it was worth a shot. And they reviewed, and I was like, did it really get him? That was one. That was it. There were a couple of heads up plays that Australia like. 
Australia was not perfect. They issued a lot of walks, but yeah, there was obviously the Glendinning tag out, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I want to draw attention to, and I said this, I was watching Dan Vaughn's live stream. Dan Vaughn, friend of the show, go follow him at Dan Vaughn Jr. But Dan Vaughn, I was watching his live stream talking baseball Australia after uh, the game, and one of the things that I that I mentioned to him that he he agreed with me on was that bunt single by Aaron Whitefield was incredible to me he saw the infield was in and he placed one right in the 5.5 hole mm-hmm. and it ended up it got daryl george up to second base and then they got they got the runner you know they got him over got him in and then daryl george yeah first one of the game and that was a missed opportunity they had runners on the corners they could have scored another one but aaron whitefield with a heads up play and that was the kind of thing where it was like you have to do that if you have any chance to beat korea you have to manufacture runs and obviously they won right long ball really but it's like any any advantage you can get you got to take i thought i think that's you know and and i will never 100 percent endorse bunting i hate bunting i think it's stupid i don't really want to watch it but in a situation like that if you see like they're giving you an opportunity where like dude if you get a good bunt down and you have a guy who can bunt and he's gonna beat it out i have way less of a problem with bunting for hits than I do with sacrifice. I have no bunting. problem with bunting. Yeah, bunting against the shift is great. Like Aaron Whitefield, you can fly and you can lay a butt. Go ahead, man. You see the defense is playing you a certain way. Go ahead. I think Tim Kennelly, who had just gone yard earlier, although the one thing that I want to say, and obviously I, like, I'm sure an interview will come out about this at some point or something, but I wonder, and Dave Nielsen's kind of an old school guy, so it could just be that he gave him the bunt sign and Tim Kennelly, you know, went for it. Right. I wonder if Tim Kennelly's such a team play, you know, team player and such an old because he's like 36 years old. He's not going to make the big leagues, you know. Right. I wonder if he's like such a team player that he looked at it and he was like, "I'm getting the, I'm getting the bunt down. I'm getting right. the guy over." You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if he gave himself the bunt sign. I, Maybe I an interesting storyline to see come out because otherwise, I just don't understand why you'd have the guy who went yard for you his last at bat. Right. In in a in a but we don't need to keep going on about it. Australia. Yeah. I mean, friend of the show, Odell, we're sorry. It's not looking good for Korea. Frankly, I was really looking forward to, you know, Korea kind of redeeming themselves because they sort of fell on their faces last time, too. Although the the one fun thing about – I mean, obviously the whole thing's fun if you're an Australia fan. But this does make – Japan and Korea have an intense rivalry, as we know. But the one thing about it was – Japan and Korea were likely going to move on and their game wasn't really going to mean anything. We expected Japan to win anyway. We expected Korea to win. Right. Now Japan and Korea is it's for all the marbles, Tom. <laughs> like if, yeah. if, I mean, obviously if Japan loses, it can be a messy three-way tie and we'll see what happens. But if Japan wins, Korea is pretty much toast. So yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Korea has moved up their best guy. They're going to pitch Kwang Young Kim. I'm not sure who Japan's going to pitch, but obviously it's going to be an amazing starter. So yeah, I think you want to you want to look at this if you're Korea or if you're a Korea fan. That game's a massive, like you know, it, it's such a, a slap in the face. Like, dude, you have to wake up. Like you the whole to- time I was observing, like, dude, this this Korea team. I mean, they're not really hitting that well. Like they picked it up later. But like, I mean, yeah, they were just kind of like not firing on all cylinders in any way. And they, they have to pick it up like now or they're going to be out again. Yeah. And it, um, they now have to do to Japan what Australia just did to them, which as yeah. is, is very difficult to do. Yeah, that's an entirely different beast than, you know, upsetting Korea. It is. It but is. Um, speaking of teams who uh, kind of they need a little bit of a wake up call. 
Um, the yeah. other big story right now is that Cuba, who a lot of people thought was going to do very well in this tournament, they didn't get all the major leaguers they wanted, but they have Yoan Moncada, they have Luis Robert, they have a pretty good team just domestically. You know, they, they're putting a good team out there. They're 0-2, and, like, frankly, I don't really see how they advance at this point. Like, of all the teams that I thought were... The only way they advance is if the Netherlands and Italy both lose two games. Right. No, like, not even, because they'd still... Those two would still have the tiebreaker. I don't know. They're, they could theoretically advance, I think, well, but... It, yeah, because Netherlands at least has a tiebreaker. Well, Italy beat and them. They, yeah, and Italy beat them, yes. Yeah, so you know what? Yeah, I think they might be think, officially out. <laughs> no, 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 I think since each team has three games left, they would have to win all three, and Italy and or Netherlands would have to lose all three. Right. But, I mean, either way, th- this is a a major, you know, th- again, th- like Team Cuba stepped on a rake yeah. in this tournament. Well, like, can I, I had them, where did I have them ranked in my, my power rank? I think I had them eighth. Like, well, I expected this team to be like a candidate to, you know, end up in the semifinals. Like, I didn't think it was super likely, but like they could. It stands right now. Like, I mean, Cuba's arguably the biggest disappointment of the tournament unless uh, until we see how Korea plays out. I had uh, Cuba ranked ninth. They did not play like. (laughs) Can I flex again, Tom? Yes. Yeah. So I remember we talked about this with Sean and we talked about this with Phil. And you were of the same opinion. You said, you guys all said, Cuba is, they've gotten major leaguers. They've got a strong domestic scene, which is all true. Yeah. Cuba is a force to be reckoned with. And I think everybody said Cuba and Netherlands are going on. Cuba is going to win the pool. Yeah, you picked Netherlands, Italy. I picked Netherlands, Italy, and I, I remember saying, I'm very big on myself this episode, you can tell. I remember saying... Hold on, hold on. Oh! A, I, like, I thought that Cuba was a little bit of a paper tiger, and I don't... I think Italy and and the Netherlands are very similar teams. They have strong offenses, right? and they have pretty thin pitching staffs. I think Italy has a little bit better of a pitching staff than the Netherlands, but I think Netherlands has a little bit better offense than Italy. So that's going to be a really interesting... And these are all top-heavy teams. One yeah, that's going to be a super interesting team to see who wins the pool, or a game, I mean. But right. I remember looking at both of those teams and going, Cuba has Robert now. They have Moncada. They've got guys like Ronas Elias. I like it. I don't think they're better than these two teams. I still am sticking with Italy and Netherlands. And and, and I was right. Listen. I did. Like, I kind of expected exactly what happened, where I was like, I like Cuba. They've got some really interesting players. They've got those three really good uh, NPB pitchers on top of all their MLB guys. Mm. And they just underperformed. I saw some questionable managing. Like one thing I really didn't like was their their guy in the bullpen is Levon Moyanello. Mm. And they had him pitching in the in the top of the ninth in a four two, like losing four two. And I remember like yeah, I, just getting him some work in. Yeah, like I tweeted at Sean and I was like, Yeah, what is this? Like like and I like I remember like on the one hand, you go, Well, it's tournament baseball, you gotta try and win every game. If you can keep him at four two, then who knows what can happen. But like you I feel like at that point. You go to another reliever you kind of trust. You save your best arm. 
to to shut down the game that you can win. Like the way they were hitting, you're just not going to win that game. And obviously, that's what happened. Like, right. I, yeah, I mean that's probably that's probably a little bit of hindsight, but you are right that no, that no, is what happened. Because I I, remember, I tweeted that at the time. I can put it up if you want. Oh uh, yeah, no, put it up, prove it. Yeah, but like me and Sean were like had the same exact reaction of just being like, I didn't I didn't get that one. Right. Um, anyway, I don't know. Well, I'm going long here talking about myself. What else would you want to touch on? We could. Well, just... I mean, I think that. Uh... The big thing that I, I think Phil might have said something about this, Cuba dugout. Um, I'm going to go on record the same thing. I think I mentioned this team needs a wake-up call. Frankly, this like program needs a wake-up call. Yeah. Because part of the reason that they're not putting out, frankly, like one of the best teams in the entire tournament, like a decent part of the reason is like politics. And like, you know, the government and the baseball program kind of like not seeing eye to eye on certain things. Like if they the government and the way they treat the players. Right, yeah. And you know, you have players who don't like the government and will never play for Team Cuba as long as that government's in place. There might not be anything you can do about that, but that's not the only thing at play here. So like with that dynamic in place like you if you're the cuban baseball program you have to kind of look at that and be like if we want to be competitive on the world stage like that's a big hurdle right now right that we kind of are doing to ourselves in a lot of ways agree so i think that you know the the thing that cuba's gonna have to do a mirror check (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna have to look in the mirror and be like listen either we don't want to be competitive or either being competitive on the world stage is less important to us than you know political machinations and all that type of stuff or we're gonna have to figure something out so that we can actually put our best foot forward in this tournament right. yes we have seen cuba go far they, they went to the finals in the first ever world baseball classic so we know that there's good baseball talent coming out of that country it's just that they have you know they sort of shot themselves in the foot in a lot of ways. And they're not the only team that did this. It's just theirs is probably the most political. Yeah, I, I think a lot of those bridges are probably already burned. Like Jose Abreu, Yuli Gurriel, yeah. uh, Juan Alvarez. I mean, I don't know about these guys specifically, but a lot of the big name players you don't see, I think a lot of it probably has to do with the government. So it might mm-hmm. be one of those things where if you reverse course now, you're probably not getting Jose Abreu back. He's in his mid thirties. He's, you know, he's doing his thing. Right. But I think the most important thing is you have to like, you have to like check yourself basically. And, and get get a mirror check. I don't know the political, like, I don't know how, how to fix it if I'm Cuba, but I'm sure they have a, you know, what some things they could do, but I Mm. think you have to do that so that moving forward, your next stars don't feel the same way. Right. Yeah, like right now there's a huge outward pressure if you're good at baseball in Cuba, which this is true in, you know, practically every country that is in the United States, but especially in Cuba, because, you know, there's also the pressure of like, I got to get the hell out of this like government before, <laughs> you know, before something bad happens. And like, yeah, that like that, in addition to the fact that you can come to the United States and make way more money, like they're going to lose their best players. And then the, the, political reasons are why they don't want to come back and play right. in a tournament like this so that that's something they're gonna to have to hash out it's too late for them now you know i don't it like yeah is, do they have a zero percent chance of advancing no but like it's not all that much higher than that 
Yeah, I don't see it happening. And they're not playing like the kind of team that's going to go on a run. <laughs> right. Like, Makata and Robert are combined like one for 17 or whatever. I mean, that, it, and that's those guys are their, their biggest hope. So they need to uh, do the mirror check. Like I said, they need to be looking in the mirror. They need to decide what kind of program they want to be. And uh, there's going to be a lot of changes ahead for for Team Cuba. Outside of that, um, yeah. the, the other big thing to take note is uh, that Panama put kind of a hurting on, was it China? Uh, Taiwan. Yeah, yeah Taiwan. Panama beat not to, Taiwan. Not to get political or anything. They, they put a hurting on Taiwan. Taiwan. They beat them 12 to 5 in a game that I think a lot of people had Taiwan winning, which is... Mm-hmm. You know that was that was interesting. Taiwan is a uh, is a regional power, sort of. So yeah. that was interesting. Obviously, Korea and Australia was the big news. We talked about Cuba versus Netherlands. That was a four two game. Mm. Panama lost to the Netherlands three to one. That was to be expected. Um, and then early this morning in the United States, um, China lost to Japan eight to one. Which really fast. We've only got a minute, but really fast. I just want to mention. The fact that China didn't get mercy ruled and the fact that China scored a run off of Shohei Otani, I think is miraculous. Like that, if you're China, you got to hang your hat on that. Somebody on their yeah. team yard against Shohei Otani and they played all nine innings and they didn't let up 10 runs. Baby. Yeah. Stand. I mean, they are, uh, yeah, yeah. they're, they were definitely a mercy rule candidate. Yeah. So I expected them to go out there and just get trounced, and I expected them to, to lose handily to the Czech Republic. After what I saw last night, I wasn't impressed by Team China, but they did fare better than I thought. I think the China-Czech Republic game tonight will be a little more exciting than I thought it would be. So yeah. that, that's what's coming up. And then obviously Italy-Cuba was a 6-3 Italy last night. It went to extra innings. It was close for a while, but it, it didn't end up that way. Right. Tonight, so uh, the Czech Republic and China, I'm, I don't know if you guys will – this will be over by the time you hear it. I got Czech Republic beating China, and I have yeah, – same. I have, I think I had Cuba beating Panama, so I guess I'll stick with that. The way Cuba's playing, I don't know, man. <laughs> well, I think that Cuba has the advantage of just being flat out a better team than Panama, which is not true of their last two matchups. Yeah. Panama so, has been exciting, though. Panama has been better than I thought they would. Yeah. I mean, uh, this dude, Bolanos, is evidently one of their better pitchers. So I think. The game to watch, if you love the storyline, is going to be the Czech Republic China. Yeah. If you are, if you're interested in Cuba's fate, then you're going to watch that Cuba game, and you're going to be crossing your fingers pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think for anybody who's just a general fan of the World Baseball Classic, like obviously if you're Cuba centric, then you're going to watch that game. Yeah. Uh, but they're on it roughly the same time. They're the China Czech Republic is on 10 p.m. Eastern and mm-hmm. Panama is at 11.30, so you kind of got to pick one game to watch. Uh, I'm definitely watching China-Czech Republic because Cuba-Panama I don't think is going to have a big impact on the standings. I think right. Chinese-Taipei is going to – or Taiwan, whatever, is going to finish fifth and have to requalify. The other two teams are going to be fourth, third, third and fourth. It doesn't really matter. Right. China-Czech Republic, whichever team loses that, most likely will have to requalify. So that will be interesting. Both teams are kind of fighting yeah. life here. Because both teams don't really have a chance to move on. They both just don't want to have to requalify. So it'll be interesting to watch. Obviously, Czech Republic is a great human interest story. I'm pulling for the Czech Republic. I love them. I think China. Same. 
frankly, has gotten far too many chances to field a competitive team in the World Baseball Classic and just can't do it. So, right. like, I'm, I'm sort of sick of seeing Team China. I just want him – I kind of want him just out of here so we don't have to deal with it anymore. Right. I, better, like, yeah, I, I mean, would... like, you could pr- – I don't know if they would be in the same qualifier, but, like, you could probably replace China with a team that actually tries, like, Pakistan – or yeah, or just one of the teams that didn't make it. Like you put, you know, Brazil in, or you know, like yeah, no, that's fair. Like Argentina was exciting, you know, that kind of, Spain, like that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like China, I mean, I can see what MLB is doing. They want they want to establish China. They want to make money. It's not working, man. You know what yeah. I mean? Like let's let's not even bother. Anyway, we've only got a minute left. Um, I can't wait to watch the, the World Baseball Classic tonight. We got two weeks of it. I the early morning games I can't watch, or I mean I could, but I don't want to because I'm not gonna. Yeah. Go. Yeah, that whole everything getting else, up at 4 o'clock in the morning thing. Right. Everything else, I rearranged my work schedule so I can watch pretty much every game. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be doing these, if not every day. That's a little bit of a tall ass because uh, we're idiots. A little bit of a tall ass. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, every other day. Uh, so stay tuned for those. Go check us out. Email us at thebaseballpod at gmail.com. Tweet yeah. at us whenever uh, at the baseball pod too uh, on Twitter and, yeah, and we- check out the, the the revamped Twitter feed. Yeah, we've had a little bit of a shake up there. I was doing it myself, and I suck at social media, so I was going great interview with whoever today. Uh, Tom has gone on there and been snarky. So that's true. Yeah. So that that's been a lot. Of- oh! uh, yeah. Anyway, everybody, thanks for listening to this episode of the Baseball Podcast. Enjoy the World Baseball Classic. And as always. We'll see you in the next one.